Welcome to How to Build a Tent, the podcast on how to make you successful. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening to the show, sharing the show, and most of all, being here on the new year. It is 2020. It's going to be a great, great year. Listening to what a lot of my friends are planning for this year, a lot of the people on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network are planning this year. It's going to be a good one. Buckle up for the ride. I cannot wait to see what the Lord is going to be doing through us all. And I hope you have that expectation as well. Because God does want to work in your life. And he wants to do amazing things, not for yourself, not amazing things by the world standards, but amazing things for the kingdom on kingdom standards. Yeah, we're on kingdom standard time. I'm going to use that. That sounds good for 2020, maybe. I don't know. You can let me know what you think. We are part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Go to fightlaughfeast.com, flfnetwork.com as well. Either one works. They just, you know, route them to one place. Put in HGBT in the dropdown and be part of the club, the mug club. You'll get a mug. I don't have it in front of me. It's being washed. I know, I know. I'm just slacking. And the new year, already starting off with forgetting my mug. But, you know, you gotta can't have a dirty mug. If you go to Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, you'll be supporting our network. You'll be supporting all of the great shows out there, but you'll get tons of great content. You'll be part of what the Lord is doing, and you'll get that mug. And most of all, I hope you're going to be part of the 250 making 250. This has nothing to do with the membership, but if you are going to do it, I would highly recommend you become a member as well because, hey, you wouldn't have done this without us being on the air, and this helps us be on the air. So anyways, 250 making 250. Seriously, I have not gotten... A response back or responses back like I have for this. Nothing. No topic. No hate mail. <laughs> any of that stuff. I have not gotten any of the... the. I have not got as much feedback and sub- comments, emails, questions. I am so excited because you guys are excited about this. 250 making 250. My goal this year, 250 people starting businesses together as a family or individuals and simply making $250 in revenue a month, not profit revenue. It's a very attainable goal. And we're going to talk a ton about business. We're going to reiterate things. We're going to go over things that are important multiple times because we are gearing the show around this goal of 250 making 250 to make it not as intimidating, to make it exciting, to make it look like it's worth the risk. And when I say risk, we're going to be talking about ways to minimize risk, to make it not such a big, you know, um, ante, a stake to put up. So I'm really looking forward to that. But we'll get back more into that in a little bit. I want to talk about today a few different things. One primarily of finding customers. And this is going to go hand in hand with what product or service you are going to be providing. So we're going to be talking about that and so much more. First, I wanted to make sure you guys know about the G3 conference. I should probably have pulled that up on my little email. The G3 conference is coming. It's in January. Yeah. No. Is it? Yes. It has to be in January. I'm going to be there. I better figure out when it is. You would think they would have it right on their front page. Where is... Oh, okay. Here we go. 2020. It is going to be at 
the Georgia International Convention Center. It's going to be Thursday, January 16th to Saturday, January 18th. That's right. And not only are there going to be tons of great speakers revolving around worship. You got Vody Bauckham, Steve Lawson. Let's see, Josh Bruce. Who else do I know here? James White, the Baptist Federal Visionist. Todd Friel, Paul Washer. I'm talking about you. Maybe Tom Maskell. Hopefully he's feeling better. John MacArthur. And tons, tons more. But most of all, the Fight Last Feast Network is going to be there. So if you guys want to meet us, you want to meet me, I will be more than happy to talk with you guys. Please reach out. Please come up to me. Grab me. I would uh, love to meet you and to hear about your story and where what God is doing in your life. All that stuff. So make sure you're going to G3. Again, January 16th to the 18th in Georgia. It's coming up. I mean, we're in January. It's crazy to think. 2020, we are in January. One of the things I was doing with my time off this week or last two weeks is I started doing projects I've never done before. One of them was impromptu. One of them was impromptu. One of them was putting up a screen door. And I just wanted to do that because I wanted to open up my door and just because my door, my front door goes into the hallway with the staircase and it opens up to the whole room. And I wanted to be able to open that door without the Florida bugs coming in and open up the sliders in the back. But I needed a screen door. So I just like, you know what? I'm going to go do it right now. And I did it. And I realized, you know, I'm going to make mistakes because I'm not that handy and I wanted to try it. Um. And one of the things, though, I learned about this and why I would encourage you guys to do the same is, one, it's really accomplishing for men to do things with their hands. I don't know what it is. I'm not a handyman, and I'm saying this, but when I do a project where I'm building something, when I'm fixing something, when I'm completing a task, when I'm learning something new, and just knowing that I can do it, there's such an accomplishment that comes from it. It's really refreshing. And I want to throw this out here as an alternative to vacations. I know that sometimes vacations can be super stressful for a family, especially when you have kids and like, oh, traveling with kids, it's the worst. It's the worst. I'm just kidding, but it kind of is. Um, And maybe you you don't have a lot of money and you can't afford a vacation, but you need a break. What about just staying home, taking a couple weeks off? Maybe it's Christmas time. Maybe it's around the summer in a couple months, in six months. Uh, and why don't you just start a project, a project where you have plenty of time that you're not going to be stressed about, go into it and learning, knowing you're going to figure out things that you're going to make mistakes and look for learning opportunities in that. Like there are all tons of things that I am learning about tools and learning about different industries from doing these projects myself. Normally, I would just have to pay somebody to do it. But when you actually do it, it is really, you know, it really helps you think through logically progression, especially if it's a manual. And by the way, I've said this before, but if you are looking for a job and you're a writer and you have a great logical mind and you have a great vocabulary and you can um, just think through a process really well, we need good people. We need smart people writing instructions on how to assemble things. I uh, I have my desks, I've done my desk, I've done the screen door now, and I've done a garage, which is my one I'm still doing in the mix right now. I'll tell you about that in a second. But 
there is a night and day. Oh, I did my grill, my Weber grill. Love that thing, by the way. There is just a tremendous need for great manuals. And let me tell you, if you have a company that has great manuals where it's easy to assemble, you're going to remember that. I don't know about you, but if you have a manual that makes things incredibly difficult, it creates a story. It creates a lasting impression because there's frustration, there's emotion, there's all of these different things. And you're going to talk about it forever. And you're probably never going to buy from there again. Or you're going to pay for the white glove service where someone else puts it together for you. Uh, but if it is easy, like my Weber grill has an app. It has 3D. It interacts with the step-by-step instructions. I would buy another Weber grill in a heartbeat because it was fun. It was easy. It wasn't too much. And it was grill. I loved it. it just the experience all around was great. And it really reinforced the Weber brand, right? It's supposed to be quality. And even in their assembly instructions were fantastic. So if you're looking for a side gig or a transition, maybe uh, some critical writing, I don't know what they call it, technical writing, I think is what they would call it for instruction manuals. Seems kind of boring, but um, it could be kind of interesting to figuring out new ways to rewrite instructions. Maybe take some instructions, something you assemble that was really difficult and try to rewrite them and make them easier and submit them and see if uh, the company will, you know, maybe buy them off of you. That could be something really cool. The second thing I did, I actually had to take a break to do this recording, is I put my garage door in. I had I bought my garage door from Costco because it had the Wi-Fi, it connected with Google Home, and you know, you didn't need a remote, it can connect to my truck Wi-Fi and all that stuff. And I was just sitting under my desk for the last probably like five, four or five months. I'm just gonna be honest. I, I admit it, four or five months. And I was just debating with myself. Do I want to just hire someone to do it or do I want to give it a shot myself? Because it's got, you know, like there's a big garage door. I don't know what I'm doing. There's wires, electrical. You know how terrible I am with electrical. I've shared that before. It's the absolute worst electrical, man. The electricians of this world, you must have the um, most amount of patience that any profession must have. Because when something goes wrong, it's just... How do you know? What do you do? Oh, geez. I mean, like the, the troubleshooting on that is beyond crazy sometimes. And I got done with my garage. I put it together. got the rails, run the wires, got the wall set up. And the sensors that keep the door from closing on people isn't working. And I got to go back tomorrow and figure that out. But anyways, no, it's neither here nor there. Um, but all that to say this is when you're trying these things, you're learning new things. There's like problem solving skills that you have to learn and there's, especially this garage door is really interesting. I've never had uh, to assemble something before where it didn't tell you you needed to go get more parts. It kind of was just assumed that you would have these extra parts like for mounting the railing for it. It's like I was had to take parts off of the old garage door opener and like craft and think through and use bolts and nuts and all of these different things I'd improvise to get this new garage door open. I mean, installed. And that's good. I mean, that's a good way um, to learn how to fix things, learn how to problem solve and all that good stuff. But all that to say this too, with the garage door opener, if you are writing those things or if you have to give instructions on a product or service that you're selling, make sure you're upfront about all the things that you need if it's not included. Make sure that you are making it as stress-free and enjoyable as as possible because that process of any kind of implementation This happens even with tech, right? When you're implementing things, when you have a new rollout, when you're releasing upgrades or you're releasing updates, 
is a better way to say it than upgrades when you're releasing updates. All those things can give trouble trying to figure out. Maybe you moved a button somewhere else. It's really important to make that as seamless as possible. It's going to help you in the long run, trust me. All right, so one of the things I get a lot is who is my, how do I find my customer? How, how do you find a customer? Who do you know, who is going to be your customer? And I want to really tie this in closely to what business you are going to start. Because if you don't have a decent idea of who your customer is and you're going to start a business, I would step back. Because you should be starting a business based on an identifiable need that you see that you can fill and do at a competitive advantage. That is, that you can do better than other people. You can compete in this market and you're going to succeed because you do these things well, because you know this information, because you have this patent, because you have these relationships. So many different ways. But you should be knowing the need you're filling and therefore being able to see that next step is who's that need for? Is it a business? Is it individuals? Is it stay-at-home moms? Is it homeschoolers? Is it people with bad teeth? Is it their pets? If you're, you know, whatever it is, you should be able to identify who that is. Now, there, there's one like layer, I guess a high level of who is that person and you should know that. But then there's the lower levels or the more details, I should say, where you're getting into the more granular, getting more data points, which you should be striving to do within reason as well. And one of the ways that you can do this is talk to people in the industry, go and participate or go and take part, buy a product, hire the service of a competitor and get a feel from them, see what you can glean from them. Sometimes you can get them talking and they'll talk about different customers they have, they won't say their name, but you can get a feel of their experience. Getting a mentor, these people that have been in the industry that know how to start a business, what is going on with the industry, what is going on with the different demographics and sales and you know what stage of the life cycle is the industry in, is it a mature market, is it an emerging market, just like products. You know, it could be a whole new market like ride sharing. A whole industry is all brand new. Um, and that is one of the ways. Another way for you to identify your customer is to go out and find that customer who you think is your customer and try to get them to commit to pre-order sales. And you're like, oh my gosh, what? You want me to sell my product before it's even launched? Yeah, give them a discount. Give them an incentive. Say, hey, I'm looking for or you shouldn't say I'm looking for, maybe the better way to say that is, hey, I have this product, I have this service, it's rolling out, and if you wanna get in on the wait list and purchase or put a down payment or you know whatever it is, pre-order, like what Tesla does, they put, it's like what, $100 to just apply or put on the waiting list for their crazy truck. And I admit, I'm wrong, I'm always wrong about Tesla, everyone loves the Tesla truck, I don't know why, but I'm always wrong with Tesla, I get it. But you could do something similar like that, where is it, hey, if you do this now, you give me a down payment, you give me a deposit, I'll knock 20% off the final price. I'll talk 20% off the service. Because you're, what you'll find is people, you'll ask people and you'll do your due diligence, quote unquote, where you are like finding people you think are you're gonna be your customers like, and they'll just humor you. And yeah, oh, that's such a great idea. I'd love it. I would totally buy that. I'd totally download that app. 
But then when it comes, when you ask for their money, then it's like, oh, well, you know, not right now. I, you know, maybe next month or, you know, I just got to pay for these things real quick. These upcoming expenses. There's all, every excuse comes out in the book. So if you want to know who your true customer is, it's the people that are going to pay you and are willing to pay for you, pay you. And then not only is that a good way to know and see who your customer is, but it is also a good way to know if you have a good product or service and if you really are fitting a need in the market, that you are providing value for a problem that you are solving. Is if people are willing to pay for it, if they're excited about it. I mean, just think about it. The last time that you had a really big problem and you didn't know why there wasn't a solution for it and then you found out there was, like you instantly ran out and got it or you instantly purchased it or you did it as soon as you possibly could because you were super excited. You wanted to give them your money. You wanted the product so bad. Those are the products you should be looking. I mean, those are the pro- those problems you should be solving. Those are the customers that you need to be getting paying for your products. Another thing you could do is look at, you know, publications, go network, go see where people, um, what other companies are in your industry that you're going to be going into or already in and go to events that they have and see who their customers are. Get to know them. Facebook stock them. It's so creepy to say, but it's true. Use it. You have a resource. Google Facebook, see who's following their pages. See who likes their Instagram, who's retweeting their stuff on Twitter. Social media is a huge tool for you to be able to look at the demographics of the people that are in the industry or the products that you're selling. And even if it's something new that's never been done before, it's never been created before. Well, go look into that. And maybe it's a new like way to clean up dog poop. I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out for a long time. Because I love big dogs, but I don't want to pick up after them anymore. So I'd love to create like an outdoor toilet. If someone wants to take that idea, please do. But just let me know when you make it where you don't have to like change anything. They can just like flush it themselves and it just flushes it out and it's clean. So you don't have to, you know, bury poop or throw it away in trash and it'll smells all gross. Anyways, I don't, man, I'm just sidetracked. Sorry about that. But anyway, so like you go to, if it's how to do that and go to vet shops and talk to people that are looking at dogs or look to talk to the people that are managers at the vet shops or the vet pet stores. That's what I was looking for. Not the vet shops, the pet stores. (laughs) Sorry. And maybe it's a small pet store and you can talk to the owners. I'm sure there are tons of information you can get from local shops as well about customer base, about if they think it's a high demand, if it's something that could sell. Those are a lot of different ways that you can find your customer and identify them. But like I said, If you have a product, if you're going into business, if you have a service, you should have a good idea of who your customer is by what problem and product you're selling. So if you are still thinking of ideas, just one last tip real quick. If you are having a problem like we talked about and you found out that, you know, we talked about where you found out there was a solution. Well, maybe there isn't a solution. Maybe you can come up with a solution to a problem of a hobby you do or a job you do. There's a process improvement you could do. Maybe it's consulting. Maybe it's a physical product. Maybe it's a new service. You have a new way of doing something that no one else can do, or you've perfected it in a way that no one else can perfect. These are all things that you can do and create a side hustle, create a business for. So think about those things. Think about your customer. Get to know your customer. You want to know your customer as well as anything else you know about business. Because when you know your customer that well, 
You're going to be able to innovate, you're going to be able to create, and you're going to be able to meet the needs of your customers. If you have any questions, comments, reach out to me, Matt, at howtobuildatent.com. You can find me on the social media sites, How to Build a Tent, including YouTube. Subscribe, like, share. Really appreciate all that. Have a great new year, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless. Thank you.